0: Welcome to the St Albans podcast, bringing you news, views, and reviews for the city and district of St Albans.
1: Welcome along to another edition of the St Albans podcast with Matt Adams and Danny Smith. We're here uh, with you now. I was going to say through till seven o'clock tonight because that just re- rolls off the tongue from another job and another time. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're here I with hope you we're now. Not. No. <laughs> <laughs> you got things a lot of time. things to fill, yeah. Um, but uh, no, we, we're, we're here once again. We we are here each week, and uh, we bring you a bit a of, bit of chit chat about local news, about things that um, are we we hope are of interest to people in this locality, the the area of the city and district of St Albans and beyond. And um, also on the show this time round, we will be hearing from our health correspondent Alan Bellinger, giving us a latest update on on what's happening in in the sort of the health situation. I think focusing on vaccine vaccinations and flu and you know covid updates and stuff like that um have you been invited for a flu jab yet
0: i haven't actually have you There's not no surprising given my age yeah pending
1: years <laughs> well they've lowered it haven't they now and anyone over 50 um should be invited for a flu jab but maybe your ah. your surgery you might be quite low yeah, down further the, down
0: the list yeah i'll always i always go along
1: yeah, yeah yeah so um yeah i know that the, the thrust of, i know what Alan's gonna say because we've we recorded it before you got it but uh <laughs> but yeah um it, you know Go and get your flu jabs and, uh, do it. yeah, do it, do it. So that we've got that, but we'll start off by looking at some local news. So, Matt, what's, yeah, what's um,
0: occurring? The uh, St. Albans Sleepout is back. Uh, this, is, um, this has been going, would you believe, uh, since the 1990s. Wow. And it's basically um, a charity event to raise awareness of the issues of homelessness. Hearts Young Homeless? is Hearts Young Homeless are now doing it. It was started off by the uh, Abbey uh, Diocese.
1: Because um, it used to be in the grounds of the Abbey
0: Used to be it? in the grounds of the Abbey Yeah and it's not anymore um, It's Auckland's uh, Oakland's College Now the idea is it's sort of You get a tiny tiny inkling Of what it's like to be homeless um, By sleeping on a bit of cardboard In a sleeping bag with all your mates And fire and all sorts of stuff Live music um, Not really what it is like For the increasing number of people uh, On the streets You know you see them every day there are a lot more homeless people around here now than there were before. I mean, not, you know, blame COVID, blame the cost of living crisis, but um, it is a, a, a big problem, you know, and these are people that, you know, they're own threadbare sleeping bags under a bit of soggy cardboard. Um, you know, one of the things that we, we forget is that, you know, the, the, the their days, you know, are long and boring. They're in the public eye. Um, they haven't got access to privacy, water, or money, and just you know, although people might give them donations and stuff, it, you know, it's a it's a very very hard life. And then at night, they're in fear of their lives and trying to keep alive. Whereas it gets colder, you know. I, I, this is a great initiative, but it's, it only scrapes the surface of what
1: it's really like. Yeah, and and I know that in the past, some people have been critical of this this um, initiative, but I think i sort of think you know look beyond the, because maybe they got a point a little bit because yeah. it's not you, you know to do something but but you? yeah look at what look at what they're trying to achieve look mm. at the fact that they're trying to raise money and it's not i i don't know if if you can really give people an experience of what it's like to be homeless because they're not you know people no. people taking part in this are sleeping rough for one night and know that if the weather is really bad they can just stay home you know the homeless people won't have that option yeah. um but they're doing it for a very worthy cause and, and it's a great way of raising money. Uh, and uh, now, is this a thing that can anyone take part? Yep,
0: yep. And it's free to register. Um, you uh, sign up at um, uh, hyh.org.uk and uh, there'll be links to the sponsor Sleepout. And um, they just ask you to get sponsored, basically. Um, if you do it before October the 17th, you get a special Sleepout pack, which includes a beanie hat.
1: Okay. Uh, so so this is this is um organized by Hearts Young Homeless but you don't have to be young to take part no, in this. Anyone no. can take part because exactly. you're raising money for Hearts Young Homeless. And yeah, um, and it's
0: on uh, November the 11th this year.
1: Okay. And also it's at uh Oakland's college yeah, is it right at the smallford campus. campus? Yeah, that's it. So that's that's a lot safer than sleeping in the abbey which is Abbey grounds which is a, a public space I suppose. So so you're sleeping in somewhere that's actually you Fenced know le- off, yeah it? yeah
0: le- yeah, you have to wonder, worry about the big cats wandering that campus. Yeah, but flashback know. to a few years ago when
1: we <laughs> well, when you, when you used to have nothing source. else to write about, yeah. so you used to used to fake big cat sightings. Yeah, <laughs> they're never faked. They're never faked. Some of them were fairly dubious. The weren't.
0: one, the Oakland's one, was a mancoon that was that um, lived in the, in the vicinity, um, right. and the owner got in touch with us. It okay. did look unusual when you saw it. Yeah. No.
1: Okay, fair enough. But uh, yeah, if you are interested in finding out more, if you'd like to take part, or if you'd just like to support someone else who is doing it, uh, I'm sure you can find out more on the Hearts Young Homeless website, hyh.org.uk. Joining us now on the St Albans podcast is our very old friend uh, Alan Bellinger. I, I'm not. I'm not a friend of his age. So I mean, he's been doing this. He's survived changes of regimes around here. He <laughs> he he's been here. How many years now have we been doing this together? Several. It must be Yeah, seven or eight. Yeah, yeah, easily. Um, and 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 you know you thankfully you're still too stupid to realize that that you could be doing better somewhere else so thank you for coming back each time
2: it's always a pleasure especially <laughs> your personality makes it danny oh dear, i'm sorry about that so i've, I've got seven issues for uh, for health letters this month we're going to talk about shol- shoulders elbows hips and knees that's four of them okay um we're going to talk about some new trick cancer treatments uh, a covid update but of course this is this is september and september uh, uh, month is, is vaccinations month okay so um yeah so so first of all it's it's the um, the, the flu vaccine and then secondly we're going to talk about the uh, the covid booster uh, vaccines. so um for the, for the past two years we've had pretty dire predictions about having a a twindemic a combination of hit of both flu and covid over the winter but of course, for the last two years, it hasn't happened because we have, we've hardly had flu at all over the last two years. Um, so, uh, so will it be different this year? Well, actually, it could be. Um, firstly, because we're sort of looking after ourselves much more as a result of, sort of good increased hygiene and be careful in um, closed bases and all those sorts of things. But the best indicator of what's going to happen with flu is, is, is basically what's been happening in Australia. Yes, because their
1: seasons are different to ours, we can look to them and kind of estimate well that's what we're going to get in the next few months can't
2: we exactly we can we can foresee that fairly clearly because obviously it's september now so it's the equivalent of march down in australia at the moment so, yeah. so uh, they've been through their winter period they've, they've had their winter they've the the buds are coming out the leaves are going um, <laughs> just as out of dropping um so um so what's been happening in in, um, in australia well Last year in Australia, there were just seven uh, six hundred in one of the states in one of the states there were just six hundred cases of flu this year there 's been two hundred and seventeen thousand cases so that implies that we could get a flu pandemic um, really hitting us this year C- Can I ask though and i 'm aware now you may not have the answer to this but
1: in like pre-covid days what do you know what that number looked like i mean was it nearer the 217,000 or was it nearer the 600
2: it was nearer the 200,000 so slightly slightly above it okay j- j- so just to give it some context yep. it's it's sort of
1: back to where it was but but what you're saying is you know for the last couple of years they had almost none in comparison 600 yep. compared to nearly quarter of a million yeah uh, and and so I guess we need to brace ourselves that, that perhaps we've had, you know, very light impact from flu, but it could go up by a similar amount.
2: It could go up. And it, 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 if you think of it this way, that in Australia, it's, it's about 80% of what it was pre-COVID. So we're likely to see it at about 80 to 90% levels this year. So there, so if if COVID does have another spike, which it often, of, uh, often does in the wintertime, um, we could actually have that twindemic this year, so uh, it's well worthwhile to to get that flu jab. When you get the the invite from the from your su- your surgery, take it up. You take it up at a sur- a pharmacy or go to the surgery to do it, whichever. But uh, okay, now def- definitely th- this year, this is the year to to make sure you do get it. All right now, I'm, I'm making some
1: assumptions here, but the good practice that we have learnt through living with COVID also protects us from flu doesn't it it does indeed as long as we follow it yep so all the things we've been told about washing hands um about you know yeah, being in sort of well ventilated spaces if we've got any signs of something
2: mask up stay out of the way you know those sorts of things yes that will protect us from flu as well yeah because flu transmits in exactly the same way as covid does so that definitely so so, so, who is that eligible for the flu vaccination right
1: yeah, was, yeah so of course coming into this now you know one of the other ways that we can protect ourselves just as we can with Covid and, and where where we are eligible for we, 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 sh- we should take the vaccine there's a flu vaccine and, yeah. and there's one every year and maybe in the past people might not have bothered so much but maybe now post you know the worst of Covid or at least we hope we're post the worst of Covid now people might think you know what maybe i should take that vaccine
2: yeah absolutely Uh, just just because we haven't had a flu in the last two years don't assume that uh, we're not going to get one this year because uh, uh, as i said you've been warned so so who's eligible well everyone over 50 on march the 31st 2022 um so that that's that's the overfit all over 50s um and then people with the long-term health conditions. Um, there's there's a whole list of conditions. So so this is people under 50 are eligible to the vaccine with long-term health conditions, uh, and there's a full list on the website. Um, the article for the uh, for the, for this this, this web uh, podcast today. Um, is available on the... Uh, you do have the details, don't you? Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. So you can go to stormanspodcast.com where you can find uh, a, an article that Alan has written that will outline all of the advice he's giving now. Uh, and also, if you uh, uh, go into our podcast notes, you'll see a link to that article too.
2: So in addition, um, people who are pregnant, people who are in long-stay residential care, people who are a carer, people living with someone with um, with certain health conditions, again, that link works for that. And frontline health and care workers. And as far as children are concerned, all children between two and seventeen are automatically eligible for the nasal spray. Uh, and this is this is a really good way of protecting your your children. Um, if they're not, if the su- the nasal flay isn't suitable for them, then um, then they can get a flu jab just um, just like uh, like we do. So. Children below two also are eligible if they have a certain long-term condition. So the the whole of the rollout of the flu vaccine, as usual, is being run by your surgery. They may well have contacted you already. If not, you'll be um, contacted soon. S- so you can book with a surgery or book with a, a local pharmacy. And uh, My recommendation is just get that done as soon as you can because um, we want to avoid the, the flu season. And if you think... Um, if you think I'm preaching and not, I'm not doing it myself, my vaccination is at nine o'clock on, on Saturday morning.
1: And, and mine is uh, next Wednesday. Yeah, we're, we're both doing it.
2: 100% so. record. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah,
1: there it? you go. Um, and, and um, of course, and, and this, you know, back in the, those halcyon days pre-COVID, every year when we used to talk about this, we were always saying the same things about the myths surrounding the flu vaccination oh you know it gives you the flu it does not yep. um you might have mild flu-like symptoms for a day or two but you basically you'll have a bit of a runny nose and a cough get over it you know it's, <laughs> it, it, and anyone who's ever had the flu in recent memory will ne- will think well i'd much rather have that than the flu
2: absolutely you know? absolutely it's really debilitating oh exactly. isn't it just
1: i mean i i've maybe oh, i don't know if this is fair for me to say or not but um everyone i know who has had covid so, of course, that's a small number of people. It's, this is basically anecdotal. This is no, there's no proof to this um, beyond beyond just my own experiences. But everyone I know who's had COVID all said it wasn't as bad as the flu. And, and, and on that logic and on that basis go and get your blooming flu jab. Because because when I last had the flu, I think I couldn't get out of bed for a fortnight. I felt so rotten, so like, I just couldn't, I just had nothing in me. and no energy to to get up, to go to, to, to the fridge to get a drink. I just couldn't do it. I, I was, you know, it'd take me all, half a day to go and put the kettle <laughs> on, you know, and it was just awful. Um, you know, so, so just get a flu jab. Please get a flu jab. Protect Abs- other people as well.
2: Absolutely. And, and, and remember that because what we said earlier, the twi- this twidemic is, is quite likely this year, so uh, okay. if, if you're not protected from the flu, um, you are you are open to getting both the flu and the COVID, and okay. that's really going to be hard work.
1: Now, of course, at the same time, there are going to be those who are eligible for a COVID uh, booster as well, aren't there? And, and so it's not just about the, not necessarily just about the flu jab now not everyone's going to be eligible and not all the people who are eligible for a flu jab are going to be eligible for a covid booster but now is the time that some people are being invited is
2: that right that's right it all started at the beginning of september there's the the program um, started straight away in september and um, the the vaccine the this latest booster there's a moderna and a, a pfizer version um the the, the, those those new variant those, those new um, boosters are really really targeted at the omicron variant which is the which is the variant that's um, very current at the moment so mm-hmm. so they are very good to get and uh, just just because you've had the kept yourself up to date so far um, and you think well COVID's over we we're finished with that now don't ignore it get the booster done as soon as you get the uh, the invite for it. And in broad terms, um, you are eligible for that, that booster six months after your last one. So um, <clears throat> just just make sure you get it. For the, for those who are
1: eligible, and in most instances, people who are eligible will be contacted. Yes. But I suppose if you think
2: you're eligible and you haven't heard, you should probably go and look online somewhere. That's right. Look, um, look, look online at your call 119 or just... A, Go go online to the um, autumn boosters. Just Google autumn boosters, and okay. uh, you'll get you get all the information on it. Okay. So, so just just as a recap, then who who is eligible for for this? So, the the, the, the current ones, the first cohort have been people in care homes, the staff and, and vulnerable patients who are housebound. So that was the first cohort. Um, I was told there's around about four thousand people in, in St Albans that fall into that first cohort. And then, we, and then after that, they're into the over 75s, which is the second cohort as and uh, health and social care staff. We've, we've got about 12,000 people that fit into that category in St Albans. And then, effectively, is anyone over 50? Just like the flu jab, anyone over 50 um, is uh, is eligible for the flu jab. But again, as before, um, people who are five to 49 in a clinical risk group or living with someone with um, immunosuppression pregnant women are eligible carers aged 16 to 49 if they're over 49 then they fall into the over 50 category so Mm. it's all carers Uh, care home residents and health and social care workers uh, all, all eligible for the for the the booster
1: okay and and also you've got to be six months from your last booster is that right
2: that you, you, sh- you should be six months from the last one just to give you maximum protection
1: okay uh, finally in this part um just give us a quick update on uh what what covid numbers are looking like at the moment
2: yeah well i, I if you remember i reported the in july the we hit the absolute peak that we've ever hit uh, in st albans july the 15th 2829 per hundred thousand were uh, had COVID. That was the highest ever. Okay, and, and, then, and where are we now? So after that, we dropped to three hundred nine in August, uh, August the twelfth. At the moment, in St Albans, there are three hundred and seventy-one people. Okay,
1: so so just to reiterate, we were two thousand eight hundred and twenty-nine per one hundred thousand in the middle of July, and now we're down to three hundred and seventy-one. Yep. So that is
2: a dramatic it's fall. A, it's a dramatic fall. Yeah. And how a, do we compare to other local places? So, so well in Hatfield, so we're 371, well in Hatfield, 376, 383 in Potter's Bar, 447 in Hamel Hempstead, and 525 in Watford. Okay. So us, well in Hatfield and Potter's Bar are pretty close pretty close
1: Uh, and then the other hemel and watford are noticeably higher exactly um and that's interesting because there have been times when we've been noticeably higher than those places yes
2: yes there have been times when we've been right the the highest but 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 i keep thinking that the
1: the most important one isn't so much the number of people who've got it but it's how it impacts the hospitals and and what does the hospitalizations look
2: like they're they're down quite significantly and the list of they're down from 38 last month to 21 And in Watford, they're down from 61 last month to 25. So that's a significant drop. And back in July, they're in their 70s? Up in their 70s, yes, indeed. So uh, you you can see how that has come down. And and largely that is because the vast majority of us are keeping up with our vaccinations. And um, let's let's, summarise this, this, this segment. Then keep up with those vaccinations, go for the flu, go for the COVID and stay well. Hi, I'm Chris Aikman. Join me, local author Howard Linsky, and St Albans podcast producer Sam Rolfe for the St Albans Film Guide. Each week, one of us will guide you through the new releases at the cinema and on streaming services. We'll also give you our choice of the best films to watch on UK free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. So if you're a film lover, join us for a chat about all things movie-related every week as part of the St Albans podcast. New episodes will be released every Friday morning, For more information, visit albanspodcast.com or find us where any good podcasts are found.
1: More news now from Matt Adams from The Hearts Advertiser. Matt. Yes, well, um, one of the biggest regeneration projects
0: in St Albans looks like being even further delayed. That's the city centre opportunity site South, which is on the um, former police station and NHS site in Victoria Street. That was due to be finished next month, would you believe? okay but if you look at the state of it there's nowhere near completion and now the, the council are saying probably march um the budget for it has now creeped up to 64 million which was 15 million more than the original um figure agreed but we have covered that um aspect of it for some time um, some time ago this is all to do with the um changes to building warranties in the back of the grenfell fire tragedy Mm -hmm. um they um it relates to green walls i'm not quite sure what they are but um they have to um something to do with the warranties for buildings above 11 meters in height so they had to provide a different design apply for planning permission and all the alternative materials so it's not really the council's fault um but it does knock it back even further and you know don't forget this building should have been full and um you know bringing in a profit by now um the the, uh, you know the idea was it would be filling in some of the sort of the the black hole in the council's coffers caused by covid but they're not going to be able to get anyone in until, you know, March, April at the earliest.
1: So, so for those who don't know, just tell us what that development is. So I think most people know where it is. It's, it's um, mm. yeah, on the site of the former police station. Yeah. And behind and beside that, there was a big NHS building. Yeah. And all of that's been it's demolished. All been okay.
0: You can't miss it when you go down um, mm. Victoria Street because half of the pavement's shut off. Yeah, But there's going to be 93 flats, um, 33 of which have social rent and a load of new commercial floor space. Which is interesting because, you know, you're talking like what restaurants or shops and we've got a lot of, pro- um, sort of properties that haven't been filled yet. The one in the BHS site next to the Albans Well has been empty since it was finished. Mm.
1: I, I do find it, I find it perplexing and maybe this is just me not understanding the situation properly, but... You hear on the one hand that there 's a dire need for more housing and that there's a dire need for for more spaces you know to be you know to be provided for commercial use and for residential use. yet you also see a lot of places that are appear seem to be empty they yeah. seem almost to be derelict that like you just mentioned there and and it doesn 't seem to match up
0: I know, I know. and know the pound world site as well be yeah. empty forever yeah yeah, so what you know where are these you know did, i mean the b h s is a key um example because. Obviously, it's a new um, building. Um, it was built with sort of something in mind for that space, whether it was retail or uh, hospitality. And yet they haven't been able to attract anyone into it. So um, if they can't get it in someone that's almost purpose built, what do they think is going to suddenly materialize in um, in Seacost South? Mm. I mean, it,
1: the whole thing for years now, It's it's been the same, really, I think. And I remember one of your pre, one of the predecessors of yours who used to come on here, one of your team, Debbie, uh, eight years ago, did a story that, that she shared uh, uh, about um, how there was a dire need for an, a real critical shortage of commercial space for offices. Yeah. And yet on my walk to the studio, I walked up Upper Marble Road mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the number of to let, office to let signs I walked past, there were loads of them. Yeah. And I remember after she said it, I thought, maybe I misremembered it. And I walked back that way. And no, loads of them. And 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 I remembered as well that the ziggurat building, you remember yes, the, the one yeah, where yeah. we were both involved with the St. Albans Literary Festival. We had mm. an office there um, and... They couldn't give away office space there because they were looking to give it away because it had to be occupied and there was some sort of tax break if if it could be given away. And they were imploring places to say, well, look, you know, if you want an office space, we can give it to you for six months or for a year mm. or what have you. And they couldn't give it away. And then yeah. at the same time, we're being told that there's a, there's a big shortage.
0: Yeah. Is there still a shortage though That's why I wonder, because a lot of people... Working from home now, don't need the, the offices.
1: But isn't also part of the problem that we hear a lot is that, and you've reported on this a lot, that businesses can't afford the rates, mm. which yeah. which is imposed by the council but set by the government, isn't it? They, the, the council don't choose how much it is. They just are the recipients of the money, yeah, aren't they? that's right. Uh, but people say that the rates around here are… Rates are
0: staggeringly high around here. So, You know, talk to a lot of people who have had to pull out of the city centre because they just can't Mm. make a profit.
1: Yeah. And which is why there are these derelict Mm. spaces. And isn't this part of the government's levelling up plan that that these sorts of spaces now are supposed to, there's pressure now for councils to to make them used, um, to offer incentives to get people to be using them. Or even that they can be commandeered and used at a lower price for non-profit groups.
0: Yeah, we used to see that a lot, didn't we? we would have, like the film festival would have a pop-up shop. Yeah. um, And similar things. There's a lot of local charities. But again, you don't see that anymore.
1: I don't know how much incentive there is to do that at the moment. Mm -hmm. You you know, there's talk of it. There's, there's, you know, proclamations from government. But whether it, reality is, whether it's actually in place yet or not, I don't know i don't know if this is the sort of thing where a charity or a non-profit could go to the council and say oh is there a shop that we can have for a few months yeah maybe the council will say oh people can do it but they're just not asking
0: mm-hmm. yeah interesting
1: yeah but um yeah so there you go that's the, the sort of the, the, the well predominantly that we're talking about the site that is where the um the nhs building and the police station used to be that's but, it but, but yeah it does seem to be a bit of a wider issue and, and it's been around for a while yes it has Well, keep your eye on the Heart's Advertiser for uh, updates on that.
2: We are back with Bellinger. (laughs) Indeed, we are, Smith. (laughs) So uh, we're going to talk now about some new cancer treatments. Um, In the last month, there was a fascinating report that, uh, that they found a new cancer treatment. It involves patients for whom immunotherapy hasn't worked in the past. So just let me explain this. So uh, initially, for someone with, uh, with cancer, you start off with uh, surgery, radiotherapy, chemotherapy. When all of those options have been exhausted, um, then oncology, oncologists turn to immunotherapy, which involves using the immune system to, to target and kill the cancer cells. Um, so we're really looking at putting things into the blood that uh, that, that protect that protect us from and, and basically kill off those cancer cells. But many cancers are, are able to evolve and defend themselves. This recent discovery involves the use of a combination of two drugs that overcome the the cancer cell the cancer cell's ability to protect themselves and to and to hide. And um, so the cancer cells produce a molecule that stops our normal cells from recognising them as a threat. But the first drug, I'm getting, getting ready for go this. On, I'm going to
1: have a go at this one. Uh, pembrolizumab. Wow, yes, that's very Pe- good. Pembrolizumab,
2: yeah. He, he did that very well because a <laughs> harder one's coming up, so he's going to leave the harder one to me, I guess. But I'm going to challenge him. Could you do the second drug as well, Danny? Uh,
1: guadacitabine?
2: Wow. <laughs> is, that, is that right?
1: Or close enough?
2: Well, let's put it this way. I would have done it very soon. And <laughs> we can't both be wrong. We...
1: <laughs> okay, so the first drug, um, yes, tell us about that one, Pembrolizumab. Pembrolizumab.
2: Yeah, that that blocks the, cancer's, the cancer cells' ability to hide and, and then it attacks it with that second drug, guaden, Guadacitabine. Guad- oh, wow, you got it. Um, because that one then switches off the and it switches off an enzyme that presents um, prevents gene transcription, uh, and so the antibodies that we need are, are sort of generated within the uh, within, within our bloods. Okay. And um, this has been this has been somewhat successful so far, hasn't it? It really has. It's it's worked on lungs, lung cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer, and bowel cancers as well. So, it's got a it's got a. Uh, a really good uh, record so far. And it's, it's it's fascinating that uh, people previously were, that have exhausted all of the, the surgical, the uh, radiotherapy, and, and chemotherapy routes tend uh, tended to um, have not have a much very far to go with uh, with their treatments. So this is really interesting that it's it's produced another pathway for. Um, for people who've got advanced cancers. Okay. And while we're on on cancer, let's just talk very quickly about prostate cancer and take a minute to, to remember Bill Turnbull. Um, so men over 50 can get pro- a PSA test for prostate. So if if you have prostate, if you're just starting to develop prostate cancer, the blood test that t- tests for it is called a PSA test. Uh, and all everyone over 50 is eligible for that. So... If, if, if you're a man and your waterworks are playing up a little bit and you're over 50, get to your doctors and ask for that PSA test because um, catch it early <coughs> and um, that's, that's the best way to, to avoid it. My, my doctor once said that uh, if you're going to get a cancer, the prostate one is the best one to get. So uh, don't be frightened of it, test it and make sure you're okay
1: okay and, and and of course if you do that then you've got a very good chance of catching it early and if you get catch it early uh, prostate cancer is 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 incredibly beatable
2: yeah the survival rate is way up in the 90s
1: yeah okay um and and is i mean men over 50 should they be getting checked what's the frequency with how often they should be checked is it annually
2: I, I, I don't think you can do it Sort of particularly annually If the waterworks are playing up even slightly That's that's a signal That right. it's, it's well worthwhile to test
1: Okay Right, finally Shoulders, elbows, hips and knees Which sounds like a children's song it? <laughs> Shoulders, elbows, hips and knees Hips and knees Anyway, Wow, wow, wow Now Alan did the dance to that As well if you watched it on the YouTube video That he's going to tell us about <laughs> Or I might have made that up
2: uh, You might have done so, uh, yeah, as our listener may remember, at the of podcast, we've been hosting a range of webinars for called Health Matters over the, uh, over the period. And now mm. last one, before the summer break in July, we had over 600 people uh, on an HRT webinar. And, <clears throat> and the, the latest webinar, I ran that last week, was on shol- shoulders, elbows, hips, and knees. It was absolutely fascinating. Uh, so if, dear listener, you have any pain in, in any of those joints then please take a look at that recording. The The consultant was absolutely outstanding and explained it really, really well. The YouTube
1: video where you can watch that webinar back, uh, the link is in the article that Alan has put together, uh, and you can find that by just tapping in the podcast notes if you listen to this on a portable device. If, you, if you're if you not, go to com, and you'll see all the information there as well. Um, so,
2: um, yeah, because elbow pain is something that's quite common, isn't it? Elbow pain, yeah, because... El- Basically, there's two types of elbow pain. One is referred to as tennis elbow, and then another one is referred to as golfer's elbow. Golfers don't often, get, often do get tennis elbow and vice versa. And, and, um, and Mr. Patel, who was a consultant on this, explained all of that really simply. So if you're playing around and having difficulties with your elbows and wondering what's going on, he, he, he shows it was very simple and easy to follow diagrams and you, you could really understand what's going on and know how to deal with it. So, yeah, I thoroughly recommend that. Uh, that, that do, do go on that link to, um, in the YouTube video of it because it's a fabulous uh, webinar and um, I thoroughly recommend it. Okay. Uh, any, any sort of advanced news on the next webinar? Yep, the next one, the next one is on the gut okay and, and 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 really that sort of issues like heartburn and acid mm-hmm. reflux and all those sorts of issues um i said the planning stage at the moment but that'll be on the second tuesday in october Okay, uh, so the date of which I believe is October the 11th, but I won't guarantee it. Uh, it's the
1: 11th of October. It's uh, Tuesday, is it? the 11th of October. So
2: okay, we can guarantee it. There you go. Uh, well, yes, subject to it
1: all happening. Yes, that that's when that's when it'll be. Yep. Uh, and uh, and yeah, um, Alan, thank you very much once again uh, for your efforts in in helping people locally understand health matters a bit more and uh, things that affect us you know your 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 pioneering work in this uh, needs to be heralded more so if you ask me but thank you
2: (laughs) it's my pleasure and i look forward to seeing you again next month hi i'm elspeth jackman inviting you to listen to my podcast one to one with elspeth find a local person with a story and i'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about if I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for The St. Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash That's One to One with Elspeth, part of the St Albans podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my
1: next guest. Final uh, news story now from Matt Adams from the Hearts Advertiser. Matt.
0: Yes, another story of delays. And this is to the almost mythical local plan for the district, the planning blueprint for Building houses, uh, uh, commercial infrastructure developments over the next fifteen
1: years. So this is something that every local authority has to have. That's right. And when should we have had it? Because um, we've been talking about this since I was, I was in short trousers. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, well, there were you're probably looking at about 2018, possibly before that. The um, um, the previous local plan was withdrawn in 2020, um, and that was. Uh, I think the second or third iteration that I remember um it's sort of fading into the mists of memory as it were. Um now the council are saying right they've got a timetable um with a uh, with a when they want to actually adopt their their re- revised 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 revamped and uh, a slightly amended version and that's not until December 2025. So that's another 3 years away.
1: So, so when was it before it's moved to December 2025? I mean, were, were they planning to have this out imminently?
0: Well, they had a government deadline um, of uh, 2023. Um, but that's still, you know, it was almost like the limit after it was pushed back, pushed back. Um, it should it should have been in place forever ago, basically. Because the problem is it, the lack of this structure, structured document um, risks... Um, development by appeal, which is where the big developers will use the lack of a local plan to challenge planning decisions. So they'll say, We're gonna build two hundred homes in Greenbelt land. Um, there's no local plan, so the council isn't hasn't got a leg to stand on when they reject it. That sort of thing. Not
1: quite yeah, like that. And we are hearing of this aren't we? This is oh, you've reported so on this much, on so on a number of occasions. So
0: many different things have gone on now and so many arguments are all on the basis Hmm. No local plan
1: because developers are effectively not worried. They'll put it in, h- half expect it to get rejected, and know that they will win it on appeal. Yes, and yeah. it's all because there it's isn't a local plan. All down right. to this,
0: yeah. And you know, I just can't believe it's still dragging on.
1: So it would seem that the local authority had previously pledged it would be out by twenty twenty three. So they are they are announcing a two year delay to their original uh, announcement.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, the, earlier this year they said you know possibly. Um, the autumn of 2025 but this is it's rolling further back i wouldn't be surprised we don't see it till mid-2026 <laughs> what,
1: what, what are the repercussions on this i mean can you know what can the i mean if the government have said well, the it government, has not be out think, by a certain time and then it's yeah. it's years late
0: the government have said that um, they'll intervene and force a local plan onto local authorities if it isn't brought in by their deadline which was um 2023 hmm. but there's so many other authorities that are in a similar boat that um not quite as overdue as St Albans, which is about fourteen years, something like that, then you know, they'll the the uh, the central government wouldn't have the time or
1: resources to start intervening everywhere. Have the um, have the council offered any, up any kind of explanation? Are they blaming the previous administration? That's always the good old chestnut, isn't it? So it's not yeah. our fault.
0: Well, I mean, they they have in the past, but now they're just trying to be you know more forward thinking and you know saying that it's a very complicated thing and you know very challenging. And they they've recruited a load of extra specialist staff, and they really you know hope that this is a deadline they can meet.
1: Okay. And and so part of this is all to do with the, the government imposing targets for how many new homes need to be built in the area. And I gather that's being challenged as well, is that right?
0: Yes, the council leader challenged the, the blue the the way the the calculation is worked out, which is based on twenty fourteen figures. Um with the then the then Secretary of State earlier this year, but um he's now sort of pulled it back that challenge and is waiting for the new government to settle in and you know, and then he'll, he'll submit it again.
1: Okay, but wasn't there something from the government that mm. sort of said at one point they'd be prepared to explore that if council yeah, challenged? It wasn't it?
0: anything, anything, and really hard and fast. It was a bit woolly.
1: No, but it, one could argue, or from what I recall of it, one could argue that it maybe gives a degree of hope yes, that this figure yeah. could be could be think, reduced yeah, or made I think more realistic.
0: You know, that's what we need to look at because the world's a totally different place now. Yeah, ten years
1: on. Because again, it just seems staggering that. You know, 14,000 new homes are needed in this area when it would appear that there's quite a few houses around that... I don't know. It, it, what we're told and what we see doesn't seem to yeah, always tally up. Yeah. But perhaps there's things that I'm not, I'm not taking into account in it's all this. It's the right
0: sort of homes. So um, like with social housing, they need um, three-bedroom homes more than anything else, three-bedroom family homes. Because um, if you've got a, a couple with two children of who are of different um, genders then they need to be in their own bedroom by a certain age and that's where the, all the problems are because they you know they haven't got the space
1: and equally I think it works the opposite way doesn't it that some people are being offered vacant properties that have too many bedrooms for what is de- determined to be how many they need yeah you know there might be four bedroom properties available but families who who only qualify for three bedroom property can't have it yeah. and and because they will get they will get penalized through the bedroom tax so mm-hmm. It's
0: all the whole thing's a mess. Yeah, it really needs needs to be streamlined. And you know, we need the homes that people want Mm. rather than and and, and need rather than what they're sort of is knocking around.
1: How many generations of your successors do you think will still be talking about this story? To (laughs) to have many generations of my successors, indeed. You know, it's. I mean, almost the whole time I've known you, this has been a story. Yeah, I know. know. And there's still no sign of it.
0: I I know. The next thing will be when they actually, you know put forward the, the plans and where they want to build and all the furore you'll get from people saying, not in my backyard.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, there'll be little pockets of land, nice little bits of green spaces between houses, which suddenly, like we've heard about the, the 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 challenges that people have faced um, near um, the Waitrose, haven't they? Yes, and, 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 mistake. and it'll be that sort of yeah. thing, won't it? Where, pe- where they'll suddenly be saying, well, we can squeeze a little bit in here and we can squeeze a little bit in there. And and people will be up in arms about it. You know, you know. You can sort of write it already, couldn't you? I can. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for that, Matt. If you want to know more about local news in our area, check out uh, the Hearts Advertiser website, HeartsAd.co.uk, uh, where you can find out more. Uh, thanks also to Alan Bellinger for uh, another edition of Health Matters. To uh, If you want to find out more about what Alan spoke about, he's written a very good article that summarises the things he mentioned this month. And the link to that is in our podcast notes, as well as a link to the Hearts Advertiser website. Thanks, Matt. Thank Next uh, time on the St Albans podcast, uh, we will be talking to someone else about something else. Um, I should have looked that up Howard Linsky, local <laughs> oh, author Howard yes. Linsky, and, and the guy films. who does the films. Yeah. He's coming on next week to talk about his two books. He wrote a book about. He wrote a book with a guy called Lee Sampson, who was Princess Diana's bodyguard. And it was it, it, the book's called The Bodyguard, and it's Lee Sampson's account of working with with Di and some of the other people that he's been the bodyguard for Tom Cruise yeah yeah for about half an hour but apparently the publishers made a big thing of that on the cover apparently it's about, got about a page on Tom Cruise and not much but uh, but yeah he, he um th- this guy his story is fascinating he's been all over the media of late he's cropped up on various tv programs where he's being interviewed about his story Howard wrote the book um our very own Howard and the book came out in September and and it's done rather well uh, and so he'll be talking about that plus his new fiction book called The Inheritance where it's some, some thriller about some woman and she gets all the money if she can solve her murder um and uh, and it, and that comes out uh, i think the end of september so he'll be talking about both of those books on next week's show alongside matt with more local news but anyway thanks everyone catch you soon do you want to say bye bye bye
0: thanks for listening to this edition of the saint albans podcast with danny smith if you've enjoyed this podcast please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts or a podcast platform of your choice this will help us reach more listeners Join us, the St Albans Podcast, next Wednesday for more news, views and reviews. In the meantime, commit no nuisance. Produced by Samantha Rolfe. Logo and artwork by David Ellis. This is an independent production in association with The Heart Advertiser. If you would like to become a community partner or a sponsor of the podcast, please visit stalbanspodcast.com for more details.